What's up, folks? We're back with another edition of the Fantasy Alarm MLB Fantasy Baseball Podcast, except it's not Colby leading off because that guy is in Italy this week on a business retreat of some sort. Lucky him. So uh, pinch hitting for Colby, if you will, is our good pal James Grande. How you doing there, Grande? Good, man. I, uh, you know, it would have been cool if you mentioned me as the Julio Franco of pinch hitting because I am... You know, you know, there you go. Well regarded, but um, okay. Who but the hell, like half or a third of Julio Franco's age? That's well, that you know of. I mean, you don't know that I've haven't been faking my age this whole time as well. Um, <laughs> even but more of a baby face than that's <laughs> true, true. And and who the hell, Colby? When you hear that, who the hell goes on a business trip to Italy? Must be freaking nice, man, huh? That's kind yeah. of what my response was. <laughs> yeah, it must be freaking nice. Like the COVID test, and I was like, I don't care. You get a free trip to Italy, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Let them swab swab the nose. It might tickle the brain a little bit, but like you're still gonna you're still gonna um, go to Italy. Like most yeah. business trips are like go to like New Jersey. Well, <laughs> like, he was like, he was like, I get to go for like a week, and there's only like three partial days of stuff. I'm like, well, lucky you. Oh, must be nice. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, Colby. Me, yeah. me and Matt will hold it down while you're just having a terrible time in Italy, you know? Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, turning our attention to some uh, some key things from this week. We got some news and notes. There's some key injuries, um, both good and some, you know, recovering news that we got. We got some things to watch. And uh, we got our famous levels of concern here. And then we'll wrap it up with predictions. So... Turning to news and notes for the week, uh, Shohei Otani has what appears to be some right groin tightness. Are we, like, how concerned are we with this, given his dual role for the Angels? Um, so I was definitely concerned until I saw he was available to pinch hit. And um, I think we'll find out more scheduled to start on the mound Wednesday. Yeah, by the way, um, as a reference point, folks, we are recording this about 10.30 p.m. Eastern Monday night. So, so, yeah, scheduled to start Wednesday. So, Tuesday they play. So, we'll find out if he's in the lineup. Um, but if he's available to pinch hit, right, It's I don't think it's um, – Socha is on record saying that it was precautionary. Um, Madden. Yeah, uh, Madden, sorry. She's – uh, wow, so, went back like a decade. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was not a Julio Franco moment. Um, yeah, Joe Madden um, on record saying it was precautionary. So we'll see. I think Tuesday we'll probably have more clarity if he's in the lineup. Not a concern if he's not. How about this? If he doesn't play Tuesday, uh, if he doesn't hit Tuesday, do you think he pitches Wednesday? I think so because remember last year we all got used to him not being in the lineup the day before he pitched. Okay. Right? I mean, wasn't that the thing? Yeah. With him is that we couldn't make an argument. I mean, it turned out the numbers were great, but we were concerned that if he's not DHing the day after or the day before a start, then you're only getting like a partial week out of him. So I'm not necessarily that concerned, okay. but it is noteworthy that the one of the top dudes in the league is out with a soft tissue injury. Um, speaking of another top dude in the league, we got some MRI results. Well, sort of. They kind of leaked out through like New York, like favorable New York press. Um, got some MRI results on Jacob DeGrom, and they apparently saw 
you know, one of the most favorable doctors in the world who said, there's amazing results. It's healing <laughs> spectacularly. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Because remember last year they said his elbow was great and then didn't pitch right. didn't after pitch June. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I, are we taking the Mets for their word here, Grande? Uh, if we've learned anything about the Mets and their medicals in the past, we probably shouldn't. So let's just... Let's just wait and see what happens and when he starts throwing. And it, look, this isn't just like, oh, he's going to start throwing. Great. He's back soon. No, we're going to have to. Every time he throws, there is going to be a report. Right. And every time he throws, the report might not be great. So let's wait until he starts throwing. And then we start getting reports on how those uh, outings and bullpen sessions are going before we start um, getting excited for the return of Jacob DeGrom. Right. Let's also say that they didn't officially clear him. Right. Yet. Right. So we don't know exactly when they're going to clear him, but when they do, he's starting from ground zero here, right? Yep. Like, remember, he hasn't pitched in a game since, what, last June, maybe early July last year? Certainly was not after the All-Star break. Um. So in terms of innings load and workload, he's going to have to start from like 60 foot flat toss with yep. you know, only like 15 a day or something. Um, so let's temper expectations there. Um, July 7th, Matt. July last, 7th. Okay. July 7th, uh, last time we saw DeGrom on the mound. Right. So, you know, like Chris Sale, for example, pitched a bullpen session the other day. It was seven pitches. So like, <laughs> Anybody that was like, well, he's throwing bullpens, great, but it was seven pitches, right. which isn't even an inning. Long, long way to go for Chris Sale, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I saw news that Wander Franco has some hamstring tightness going on here. Um, I guess my overall question is, it's not that shocking to see these guys getting soft tissue injuries early in the season, right, considering the abbreviated spring training we had? No, not at all. And also, he's in the lineup Monday night, so. Um, right. So we'll I see. think they held him out over the weekend. Yeah, we'll the- see. We'll see if he. And it, I mean, look, we've just. I'm not, I'll tease that a player on this list reaggravated an injury, um, and went on the IL. So you never know, especially with the hammies and the groins. And so we'll see if he's rushed back too quickly. If he gets removed Monday night or tweaks it Tuesday, we'll see. Um, but these hammies and the groins can always be something that's uh, re-aggravations. Yeah. Um, and then another, you know, fantastic rookie we've got up here, although he had a slow patch, he's coming back out of it now, Bobby Wood Jr. Um, he got hit by a pitch, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. He's got a wrist contusion. I don't believe any of the x-rays came back with anything broken. But for, you know, his game has a lot of power, and a lot of power comes from your wrists. And to have a sore wrist, we could see him get a, a you know, be in another slowdown spot here. Coming, I don't think he's going to miss more than a game or two. He played. But, he played Monday, again. So you're spot on. I think that's a game, right? He missed yeah, the finale, and that's Friday. Yeah, uh, he missed the finale of the the Yankees series. Sunday. Did he play Saturday though? 
Well, he may have been hit Saturday. I can't remember if he was hit Friday or Saturday. I'm, but he I'm, I am looking for you. One or two games. Um, so I don't know that there's major concern here, but I do think that his production might hit a little bit of a skid again after yeah. he you know, was trending back upwards over the last 10 games prior to being hit. You're right about the power to begin with. The power hasn't been there to start. We are only getting one side of Bobby Witt. We're getting, you know, what, a 10-game hit streak or so, something yeah, along that lines. And the speed's been there. Yep. A handful of stolen bases, but still no power. So, so I think Blaine you're... Torres shoved him off of third base <laughs> the other day, and then they called him out. Yeah, shout out Glaber. Um, the Glaber doing nothing wrong, including shoving, uh, bullying, bullying rookies. Um, <laughs> yeah, like full on, like <laughs> just laying him out like Terry Tate off his linebacker well, as he tried to tag him on third base. Glaber <laughs> hitting home runs and bullying rookies. You just love to see Glaber back. Um, but yeah, definitely something to monitor about Witt's power if the wrist, uh, you know, continues to hamper that because there hasn't been power to begin with. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Yankees here, we got Joey Gallo has, I believe it's hamstring or groin issue. Um, again, I don't think that it's going to require an IL stay, but you might see him out of the lineup for a few days, um, which, I don't know, might be a benefit to your fantasy team at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah not I mean, good. He's not been good. He, there has been... If there was, like, he was flatlining to begin the year, and then there was, like, a couple blips, right? He homered he homered in uh, two, night, two nights in a row, I believe. Right. Um, you're not wrong <laughs> in terms of ratios, like, because he's not really walking either. Like, he's well, just... He also hit, what, 198 last year or something? Yeah, I mean, it's been terrible. I mean, it's, it is, it has been terrible. Um, yeah, I mean... Plus, like, you know, they have – so what the Yankees did was they kept Andujar after initial reports. They kept Andujar on the taxi squad, and he was in Toronto tonight because they still have no idea what's going on with Gallo. So um, not a bad thing for your fantasy team. Also, Matt, let's say – let's say he goes on the IL, and let's say – you have no IL spots on your fantasy team available. I'm dropping him. You're out, outright dropping him, no question about it, right? Right. Okay. Just check. Yeah. Just outright yeah. dropping him. And there's no, there's no signs of life. None. Yeah. No, there. I mean, blip. There was a blip. The blip. fact that he hit a baseball, and I think Colby and I talked about it a couple of pods ago. He hit a baseball at like 122 miles an hour exit velocity and like a perfect launch angle and it was caught in the middle of right <laughs> field and it's literally the only ball hit with that batted ball profile since the beginning of Statcast that that turned into an out <laughs> like not just not just didn't leave the park i'm saying everybody else at least reached base because of it his is the only one out of like a hundred and 30 instances of that batted ball profile that turned into an out. So it's just not his time right now. That's, that's no. the baseball gods telling you you got to no. do something different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, spend time in the IL might be that that thing. Yeah, might be. <laughs> Um, on a good note, though, for the Yankees, Domingo Herman appears to be working his way back. Um, he's made some rehab starts, which, as we all know, the Yankees desperately need more starting pitching. Like, they needed it last year. They've needed it for four years. They seemingly are perfectly fine with Garrett Cole and 75 question marks. Um, although, I, was, I mean, is, I would say that has... That was one million percent the case. And then this year started, and Nestor Cortez has been amazing. Nasty Nestor. Jordan Montgomery has been very serviceable. Another good outing tonight. Two and two only two earned against um Toronto in Toronto. And Tyone has a low three ERA. And um Right. So the so Garrett right Cole's been now, the worst pitcher are... for the Yankees. Garrett Cole's been the worst, the worst well, starter for the Yankees. Actually, now that you bring it up, since like the middle of last season, Garrett Cole's got over a four and a half ERA. Um, basically, when they took away the sticky stuff. Yeah. And, but do do you think he had it on his rear end the other night? Did you see that video? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Either that or he crapped his pants. One I the... don't know what it was. Um, I. I don't know what I hope it was because I don't hope I don't want him to be pooping himself on the mound. <laughs> and I also don't want the spider tack on his pants. So, like, I don't have an answer for you. I'm hoping the answer is neither. I'm hoping he, like, fell down and, like, you know, yeah. Sevy spilled his Gatorade and Cole yeah. sat in it. But, yeah. I mean, Hashtag wet paint, he right. was going to it. He was going <laughs> He was going to it a little too much, I will say that. But the, yeah, like every pitch, he would like lick his fingers and then touch them. I'm like, that's not that's not hygienic at all, yeah. man. I, what do you think? What do you think? Because also, I didn't even mention Severino. He's been awesome too. So that's the, true. The Yankees have had legitimate five, like good five starters. I mean, they've also won ten in a row. So, you know, for everything is hot right now. Yeah, everything is working. So. What is like? What is your opinion on Herman? In terms of, like, he is going to obviously make starts eventually. The Yankees, this staff has not been notoriously healthy. I mean, just Severino and and Tyone have had their fair share of issues in the past. Like, Montgomery to an extent as well. Like, yeah, what is Herman's value coming back? Because, like, I don't see it. The Yankees aren't going to win every game, obviously, but... If they're going to – the issue all year was the, the bats, and then the bats right. started hitting. So, like, what I'll is Herman's – what? <laughs> I said some of them. Some of them, correct. Some of them still have not figured out how to some hit. Some of them, yes. Um, but, like, what is his value with how well they're pitching? So, I think – so, you bring up the injury concern, right? Tyone is coming off an injury – um, Severino's coming off an injury. Um, Nestor Cortez didn't exactly do a full load of innings last year because of like he right. got rotated Wasn't, into the yeah. rotation late right. later in the year. So I think the as the next couple months go on, because it's going to take Herman a little bit to get up to speed. I think as the next couple months go on, you can see Herman and maybe even like a Clark Schmidt get rotated in. Okay. To kind of ease the innings load on Severino and Tyone and 
Um, Nestor. You know, Nestor. Um, so I think you could see them go with not like a full like seven man rotation, but like you skip a start somewhere. Yeah. And you pull a guy up or when we get to later in the year and they have the double headers because they're going to make up the game, the first week of games that they missed, they'll be making those up with double headers throughout the year. That'll allow, you know, an extra guy on the roster. You could call somebody up for a day. Um, but I think that's how they use uh, a guy like Domingo Herman is to essentially help stave off innings load problems later in the year. Do you think do you think he has fantasy value at that point? Probably stream it's he's probably a streamer only. Yeah. And that when he does eventually like you said make starts, but it's it's probably nothing more than on a streaming basis. Yeah, for sure and probably matchup based. Right. Um, hopefully avoiding teams in the AL East other than Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so you know, if we transition to a guy who made a lot of news this offseason, Chris Bryant, um, his back tightness is back. Not to double up on the word back there, but this has kind of been a lingering problem for him for like four or five years now. And we're not even one month into a seven-year, $182 million deal, and he's already, like, I think he was coming off the IL, and then it, flared up on him, which means he's not going to come off the I.L. now. Yep. That's not great for a Rockies team who made an absolutely confounding move to sign him in the first place. And then, you know, was hoping this guy's going to be the centerpiece of their offense for the next six, seven years. That's why they. That's why he took the money. That's why he took and ran. He even came out and said that he doesn't expect them to win. So, like, yeah, you're, you're signing in with a franchise – who sure it's a great hitting environment whatnot but you're you're even skeptical of them winning shows you that he saw the dollar signs he knows how his back was feeling that morning when he woke up and he's like man i I don't know if i got seven years left but shit crap they think i do so um yeah i mean i think it's definitely it's definitely concerning hopefully it is minor and hopefully he can get back to full capacity because He's been good this year. No power, right. uh, which no power, but he's been good. Um, and the Rockies offense has been fun, to be honest, other than like if you're a Brendan Rodgers owner. So, yeah, well, OK, but in fairness, that's been a problem for three years. now. <laughs> that's fair. Um, it's not like it's anything new. True. But like it's I, I would like to see Bryant get back to full strength. But I definitely think um, if you're an if you're a Chris Bryant owner right now, I mean, you know, maybe when he returns, maybe it's time to sell. Maybe it's time to at least field offers because if it, the back continues to flare up, continues to flare up, and we get later into the season and the Rockies, you know, aren't as good as they've been, you know, maybe we see more rest days for Chris Bryant because they have, if there's one thing the Rockies have, they have a lot of freaking outfielders, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have for a while, and I'm not sure it's getting any better if you're <laughs> yeah. the farm system. Uh, their top bat in their farm system is Zach Veen, who's an outfielder. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure it's getting any better for the outfield there. And that's where Chris Bryant apparently would love to play is just post up in left field um, instead of playing third base. Because I guess theoretically it's less harmful to his body, I guess. I don't know. But then again, he's on the IL. So 
Doesn't seem like it's really working out for him. All right, so speaking of guys that tried to get off the IL and didn't, Jonathan India had the same thing happen, and he retweaked, is it, I believe it's his hamstring or groin, same area as several of the other guys. Yeah. Um, but he seems like he's going to be on the IL uh, for a little while longer now, given that he just re-aggravated it. Yeah, he came back for, what, four games? Um, I think so. Five games. He had a hit in all five of them. Um, but it, Hammy, same Hammy. Like, and that was who, uh, that was the, when we were talking about Gallo, I didn't want to spoil it, but it was India. And I, he is a member of one of my fantasy teams, and I'm very disappointed um, in this. But, like, it just goes to show you. Or Chris, was it Chris Bryant? I don't know. The con- Whatever. You know, uh, yeah. long conversation about both. Either way, um, obviously reaggravations are are terrible. And what is the? I mean, what is the rush for Cincinnati to get him back? They literally just yeah, they're what three and 19? three and nineteen. Yeah, it's literally the worst start ever. So it's unbelievable how bad that team is. Um, so on the good news though, we have a couple of guys who are making their way back from injury. One is uh, Toronto outfielder Teoscar Hernandez which I know personally I've been missing for quite a while in my lineup um, after making a trade for him this offseason. It would be really be nice to get him back into the heart of that Toronto lineup. I don't even need the steals, frankly. I just want the pop that his bat offers. Uh, and then two pitchers for Detroit, Matt Manning and Casey Mize, are both making their way back. I think at this point, Matt Manning is probably the more intriguing one of that given what he showed at the end of last year, spring training, and then the start of this year compared to Mize. Um, But that's just a couple of guys. And then we're both going to take a beating here on this one because we were both wrong about Kevin Gosman to this point. (laughs) Sure were. Sure were. But um, Kevin Gosman, for those that don't know, made history this month because it turns out he's the first MLB pitcher ever in the history of baseball to pitch an entire month, post 30-plus strikeouts, give up no walks and no homers. And keep in mind, that's in the AL East. So props to Kevin Gosman, who keeps the run of pitchers getting better when they leave Baltimore going. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I mean, I, I did not see this coming when he went to Toronto. No, I thought it was a terrible career decision <laughs> going back to the AL East. Yeah, I mean, you, you did so well in San Francisco. Why, why change things up? But so far... It's worked through him. All right, so now let me hit you with a couple of things to watch this week. And, um, you know, then we'll move in quickly to our levels of concern and then predictions for the week. Um, Just what are we doing with Cody Bellinger at this point? He was hot. Now over the last week, he's forgotten how to hit again. Like, what is happening with this 26-year-old guy who supposedly still has MVP talent? I mean... The things things don't look good again, Matt. Like, if we thought things were bad last year, the K rate is significantly higher than it was. The walk rate is lower than it was. Um, sure, he's running at a better clip, but he can't even get on base to run. He has a sub-300 OBP. Um, yeah, he had a decent week where he hit a, like, hit a few home runs. We know that's in his bag. He's a guy who almost hit 50 in a year. But like, are we look? Are we looking at a at a like 
I'm I'm trying to like make a comparison the rever- like a bad version of Joey Gallo, <laughs> like who can't even get on base. I mean, sure we know Joey Gallo can hit a home run, but at least Joey Gallo is drawing walks. Like Bellinger's not even doing that. Um, things are not looking good, and and you know he had a good week. Great, I'm so happy for him, and um, his fantasy owners got one good week out of him. But if you have him, you have to be concerned and. At this point, I'm cutting ties. I'm I'm looking to move him any way I can. Be at this point, if you are deficient in the bullpen, if you're deficient for starting pit, like Bellinger is doing nothing for your fantasy teams. I'm sorry, so I'm out. I, I one good week is not bringing me back in when the K rate is seven percent higher than it was when he just had his worst career season. Things are not. Uh, <laughs> Things are things are not exactly looking good for Mr. Bellinger here. Yeah, bring on the uh, puzzled Bellinger in the dugout <laughs> memes here. Yeah. Um, another guy who I have had a love-hate relationship with over the last few years, which is Brandon Lau of the Rays. He's not done very much for my average over the last couple of years, but the power right. was very nice out of the second base spot. Um, made the decision not to keep him this year. And over the last two weeks, that appears to be the right yeah. decision because he's only hitting a buck forty and no homers, um, and striking out more than once per game in that span. So, right. when does the strikeout rate for Lau get too much for Tampa to deal with, considering the depth they have at middle infield, either on their roster or you know they can bring guys up from from AAA. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's the people being brought up because it's not like they've been very good hitting the baseball this year. Like, Taylor Walls is subpar. He's just a good defender. Um, You know, Wander is at short. You're not moving him. Yandy's not playing. So, like, what are the options right now on their team? Bruhan, It's Bruhan, but, like, I th- I don't think I think you give le- like this is a guy who almost again a thirty plus home run guy yeah almost forty homers last year he he probably has a longer leash um than we're probably giving him just based on like being in the fantasy space I think is different because we're just like right we want like it's there's no like sample size of him being this bad. You know, like That's he's it. been good for like we have the in terms of like, let's do Lau versus Bellinger. Like we have literally a year and a half sample of Bellinger being dreadful. Right. Whereas Brandon Lau has been nothing but great in the power department. since. And he got his strikeout rate in check to a degree last year. Right. Well. So I'm not ready to completely cut ties. I also think like in terms of fantasy. Second is still sucky, right? Yeah. So, like, if you have a – if there's a secondary option right now and you just have Lau on your bench, I think that's obviously the most ideal scenario as opposed to cutting ties because there's – yes, he's been bad, but, like, the power – there's no indication that this dead ball is going to just completely sap his power completely. I mean – he and Randy Rosarena have one home run combined. These are guys that we 
that are hitting in the heart of the order. Um, I'm I'm not ready to give up on Brandon Lau. I hope the Rays are not either. Um, obviously, the strikeout rate is concerning. Um, but you know what? Looking at it, it's lower than it was last year. Coming into yeah, it's just the last two weeks. It has I think he's there. got fourteen or fifteen strikeouts in like twelve games or something. Fair, and that's and and the walk rate is low, which you know he's been. You said the average hasn't been great. He's been a very solid OBP guy for right. it's, it's power and OBP. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's a little concerning, but I think the leash is longer on Lau than it is on Bellinger. Right, and you brought up a Rosarena. It could be a package deal with them, right? Because if the guys around you aren't hitting, then what's the incentive of a right. pitcher to give you something to hit? Right. Right. So yep. there's something to that protection. Everybody wants protection in a lineup. They want a circular lineup. But if one part of the circle gets broken, it can throw off the rest of it because sure. now I don't have to throw pitches that, you know, are all that great to hit. Like they're in the zone and they're going to make you swing, but you can't do anything with them. Right. Right. So, um, what do you think the uh, th- this one here is for all those Mackenzie Gore owners, including myself, um, and our Padres lover on the staff there, Mr. Edward Rouse? What are the Padres going to do with Mackenzie Gore when Clevenger, who escaped a plane crash, apparently, um, <laughs> that we just learned that we just found out about, we just learned about before recording the podcast, um. He, he he was showing up to El Paso and the plane apparently had to make an emergency landing before he could pitch for the Chihuahuas. Um, so they have they have Snell and they have Clevenger coming back from the IL. What does San Diego do with Mackenzie Gore, who has looked Incredible. pretty good? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, how do you take somebody who's been so electric out of your rotation? Right. And his and like the peripherals suggest that everything's been as good as advertised. He's not like he doesn't have like this. The BABIP is in check, like his XFIP is in check, like everything Mackenzie Core is doing, include like obviously the strikeouts are, are awesome. Also, like, you know, Snell and Clevenger haven't necessarily been the most durable guys. So. Here's what I would love to see them do. Six men? I would love to see them stack Clevenger and Snell together hmm. in the rotation spot. So you have one hmm. of them open, pitch like three, maybe four innings when they're built up, and then you have the other one come on and do a bulk relief roll. Therefore, you save your you save your bullpen for a day. Both guys we know, like Snell hasn't pitched more than five innings in a game in like three years. <laughs> Like it's his Cy Young year, and then nothing else is better than yeah. Like, the the anomaly, the Cy Young year was the was the anomaly. You could say yeah, it at this point, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a creative because Nick Martinez has pitched well enough to not get kicked out. True, of true, either. and you're not even mentioning Nick Martinez. So that's seven. That's seven. What now? Clevenger and Snell. That's seven guys. Right. So I think that it would be a decent idea for San Diego to put, and they're righty-lefty, right? Clevenger's mm-hmm. a nasty righty. Snell's got all sorts of different arm angles from the left side, so you can mess with their lineups that way. And you save your bullpen, and both guys are going to pitch the same amount of innings as they as you would expect from them anyway. So 
I guess I would like to see that. I don't want to see Gore get kicked out of the rotation. He should. I mean, you can't. But, you can't. If he's pitching. What but, if he doesn't. What if he just keeps pitching this well? Is he just. They're just like, oh, well, we don't have a spot for him. Well, why? Every team has a spot for that. Right. <laughs> um, and, coming, and coming into the season, I thought that San Diego, even with a healthy Clevenger, was going to need depth in the rotation. Right. Because well, you just look at that and you're like, you Darvish isn't what he used to be. Right. Right? And, I mean, they dealt Paddock, so that took an arm out, but he wasn't really doing anything in the rotation no. anyway. No. Um, Snell, when healthy, doesn't do much because he's like a four-inning dude. And Nick Martinez was a wild card, right? right. Maybe, maybe he's doing this because nobody's got that good a tape on him. Right? Well, yeah, since we're – yeah. We'll since I mean, I, I was also just looking at like contract situations too because, you know, they're not tied to Clevin until they're not tied to Clevin draft for this year. So like, right. if he's so even if Mackenzie Gore doesn't stick, right? Let's say they're like okay, but if Clevenger stinks, he's out. Right, because there's no financial incentive to keep. There's him. zero financial incentive to keep him. Six point five million is what he's making this year. Um. And he's a free agent next year. If he stinks and Mackenzie Gore, you know, was just, you know, a casualty of too many guys, well, you know, hold on to your shares, obviously. Um, even in redraft, obviously, Dynasty, like, you're you're not – he's not going anywhere. But, like, right. Clevenger's has to pitch well to stay in this rotation, just given what – So does Snell. Yeah, and we'll right. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Snell has a year left on his deal after this year. Clevenger's gone. Like if he doesn't pitch well, he's 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 toast. Yep, I agree. Um, and we'll wrap up this segment with just a simple question here, Grande. How good is Taylor Ward? I mean, he's not Hall of Fame good because that's what his numbers suggest this year. <laughs> yeah, is he uh, men? He hey. is. Yeah, I mean, he's look. <laughs> I'll say this. If you have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in some capacity in whatever iteration of your lineup is hitting around you or behind you right. or in front of you, who are you pitching to? Like, it's not even a question. I'm going to pitch the guy who should only have, like, <laughs> five homers and 29 steals. Not even a question. Not even a question. It's like every time. I don't care if, te- if he hits 400, right? For an entire season, I would still live on, like, live and die on that sword, right? Because, I mean, we're talking about Mike Trout, arguably the greatest talent offensively the game's ever seen. I mean, his numbers at this point stack up very comparably to (laughs) to Mickey Mantle. Yeah. That's not even a stretch. Like, if you just look at through their age 30 seasons, they're almost identical. So... I, I'm telling you right now, I, I think Taylor Ward is a must-add in fantasy because I, I think he is go- always going to be the guy getting yep. pitches to hit. But, like, I will die in that sword. If he hits Madden loves him. Madden Lo- loves him. Yeah. Loves him. Like, he will, even if Joe Adele is healthy and hitting, they will play Taylor Ward over Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh at this point. Well, at this point, I mean, they should. be Just cons- based right. on performance right Adele has given them nothing other than being a prospect to go on and 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 Ward is hitting so um I think he's real and I think he's a must own right now 
Um, but I, I also obviously like temper expectations because he's not going to hit 400 all year. No. Although it would be very interesting if he pulled off the 400 feet because that would be the two guys that hit 400 both had the initials TW. What if? Because Ted Williams okay. was the last one to do it. What if, Matt, how how crazy would it be if Taylor Ward hits 400 and the Angels don't make the playoffs again <laughs> with with a non-Mike Trout or Shohei Otani doing the 400 hitting and they still don't make the playoffs? Can we blame Michael Lorenzen for that one? No, we could just we just <laughs> at that point we literally just um send the Angels to Guantanamo. Yeah. The whole get, franchise. Just get rid of the blow it up. Yeah. Um a couple of guys here for levels of concern. One of them has probably been more public of a level of concern than the other one, but we'll start with the hitter. How concerned are you about Akil Badu right now? Very. Like, he's not hitting. Very. At all. No. (laughs) Like, not anywhere close. And he already, there was already an issue of, like, he can't hit lefties to begin with. So, if he's, like, he now he's just not hitting anything. And this is a guy that, like, I pegged as a potential 2020 guy. Same here. Um, I'm sure that's, like, a common just practice, like, he is very good speed. He flashed a lot of pop in uh, at least versus righties. But if he's not hitting righties, he's just worthless. Like it, there's not even. I don't. I don't see like. Yeah. It, other than dynasty formats, I don't see how you're holding on to a kill Badu right now. So I, my my it, concern it, is through to bench him multiple times a week. At yeah, this. it's yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, it's it's the concern is full uh, red on the meter. It's fully red. Yeah, he's basically droppable at this point. Yep. Um, Unlucky. The, the other guy is a pitcher, and I know pitching is thin, and this guy had a whole bunch of hub after his, uh, you know, first start. But Matt Brash uh, has not figured out how to find the, the strike zone. No, he cannot throw strikes whatsoever. The last, how, how many, I think the last three outings, I think I saw he... 42% of his pitches were balls. That's solid. And it's nobody. Not just, it's not just like guys are just being patient and he's nibbling. Like these are just straight misses. Like not even Angel Hernandez could get him in the strike. <laughs> <laughs> and his walk rate has shot up now. Coming up through the minors, that was always the concern with him. Um, and that was why I was tempering my expectations this year on him was he's kind of had a reliever list attached to him yeah. for a while now because control is such an issue, right? If and, and if that sounds counterintuitive, it's because if you can get a guy to control something for an inning or maybe four outs, right? then that's all you need. You can also get away with only having two pitches. Yep. So if it's your third and fourth pitch that are causing the problems, you can cut those out and just use a two-pitch mix to be a reliever, right? You can't be a two-pitch starter. That's the problem with Chris Paddock. He doesn't have a third pitch, so once you time the fastball, he's dead in the water. Right. Um, so there's still a chance that Brash winds up in the bullpen here, but there is no way I'm running him out there 
right now until he fixes a lot of stuff. No. And, um, you know, I think you you bring up, you hit on a lot of really good points. I think a move to the bullpen only increases the velocity too, and which he's a big strikeout guy, at least in the minors. And that's going to be a potential great move for him. I mean, he's average this year, average fastball velocity, 96.4. That yeah, could, I mean, and that could bump up to 98 and a half. Yeah, I mean, we could be literally seeing a guy closing games 98, 99 if he can, if he can, like you said, he needs to hone in on two pitches and throw strikes, and he could close games throwing 99 to 100. Miles. And you can, like, and if you want to comp as a closer, right now would probably be Gregory Soto. That works. Who throws very freaking hard. He throws very hard. He's got a lot of movement. Sometimes he doesn't know quite where it's going to go. It's like Nick, you know, it's like Lelouch, Nuke Lelouch and Bull Durham, where he made his <laughs> mascot, but he may also strike out five dudes. Um, and if Soto throws strikes, he gets clean saves. If he, if he's throwing balls and walking guys, it can be an abject disaster. That's kind of Matt Brash right now. I don't. <laughs> I don't know that that's a selling point right now, <laughs> but that's that's kind of where I see him. Um, I just don't think he sticks in that rotation unless he gets a lot of command back. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, Seattle's trying to compete. So if he is a rookie not throwing strikes, like, story as old as time, like, he's not sticking in that in a rotation. Even <laughs> probably Even on a team, probably middle of the pack and i think we probably hold seattle in a pretty good in a high regard i mean they barely missed the playoffs last year right and on a on an in the most unexpected way they were their run differential was negative right they were i mean it came down to literally game 162 and i think to maybe the eighth inning where another team took an insurmountable lead that kind of sealed up the Blue Seattle? Jays, the Blue Jays, uh, the Yankees. I'm looking. They were two games out of the wild card. Right. Year. So it came down to like game one, like one of the last one sixty. Yeah. yeah. And if like Seattle was winning, but another team they needed to lose locked up their lead before Seattle could win, and that. But they were within one game, maybe two of the playoffs. Certainly a play-in game. Um. And this team is more talented this year. So for sure. For sure. Um, so turning our attention to the predictions for the week, of which I have not done very well recently. I will state that pretty clearly. Uh missed on two of mine last week. It was not great. Um at at all. To recap, uh I had said the one that I, you know, wrote down here was that Josiah Gray would outpitch Sandy Alcantara. That did not go so well for me um and colby was mostly right when he said wheeler would dominate the rockies it was a very good outing although he had i believe four walks in that outing which didn't really hurt him but it's just still not as clean as we would like to see him so james i will give you the floor here for your prediction for this week um i have been recently in on a certain pitcher in St. Louis, and not a high strikeout guy, 
walking too many batters, I understand it. But when you have a ground ball rate such as this guy, he can get away with it. And he has. He's looked very sharp the last two starts, six-plus innings in both. Um, I'm going to go with Dakota Hudson of the Cardinals. We have a two-start week um, this week. I'm going to say he gets two wins. Uh, He gets Kansas City on Tuesday. And the second one, and this is why it's a little bold, the second one is actually in San Fran. Um, But San Fran missing Brandon Belt on the IL. uh, They started off the year a lot hotter than they are currently. I mean, the Nets took two of three from them and put up like 23 runs in those, or 25 runs in the two wins. Yeah, and that night that um, Hicks starts, he starts, um, I mean, uh, Hudson, he actually starts against Rodon. So bold as can be, Matt, Uh, but Carlos Rodon on Sunday is his opponent, and I'm going to say Hudson picks up his second win of the week there. Well, that is that is quite bold because Rodon's been very, very good. He has been absolutely. You could just. He has been it's electric, insane. dominant. Uh, <laughs> he is loving his time in the Bay. Yes, yes, he is. Um, I will also stick with a pitching prediction this week. Um, later this week, Texas plays the New York Yankees, and there is a pitching matchup <laughs> in there. Dane Dunning against Garrett Cole. Ooh, I say that Dane Dunning outpitches Garrett Cole. Holy smokes. I mean, Dane Dunning, the last couple of starts, has been fantastic. I think he had seven his last time. Yeah, seven, yeah. Um, Gave up, I think, one earned, if I'm not mistaken, in that one. Um, Garrett Cole, it's not just this year. It's literally since the, the start of the second half of last year, until this year, has like a four and a half ERA. It's not been good. I know Texas's offense has been not good either, but you know, I I think that the uh, that Dane Dunning can find a way to shut down the uh, the Yanks' offense right now and uh, outpitch Garrett Cole. So that is that is bold. I love that. So, I mean, I don't because I'm a Yankees fan, but I, it's bold because it, it's I, I am a Dane Dunning uh, believer, so it's pretty cool to. Uh... Yeah, I thought he was going to be kind of a mid-rotation piece for the White Sox, and then obviously he got traded right. um, in the, I think it was the Lance Lynn deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he wasn't great for Texas last year, but, you know, Sometimes it takes a year or so to to fully acclimate to new surroundings. And let's face it, the new ball is probably helping him too. I mean, the new ball is probably helping him. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole lot less scoring right now this year. Um, so with that, that will wrap it up this week. I believe that Colby will be back next week, but we will certainly have uh, our pal James Grande back on. Uh, throughout this season and uh, we'll be watching for that uh, Dakota Hudson prediction and uh, we'll be trying to drop a keel Badu as soon as we can <laughs> um, and you know hold on to Gore and Brandon Lau so with that uh, we will see you guys next week <laughs>